0: Okay, if you will open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 2, we're continuing in the book of Hebrews of this beautiful book that we have in the New Testament. And we learned last week in chapter 1 the beautiful things of Jesus and how God exalts the Lord Jesus and he has all power. He spoke to to us through Jesus in the last days, it says in verse 2. And he upholds all things by the word of his power, and he purged our sins. He's better than angels. He is on the throne of God. It is just a beautiful, beautiful book um, how he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In verse 11, it says that that, uh, they shall perish, but he doesn't. And it is just a it's a beautiful, fantastic book as we're going through here to learn this. And we come to chapter 2, and it, the Bible says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let slip. It says, therefore. That means basically for the reason of. The reason of what? The reason of the things in chapter 1. If you go back and later you can go and review again and read again chapter 1, you'll see the magnificent and beautiful things of the Lord Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, when he comes to chapter 2, in a sense, he's saying, because of all the things that was outlined in verse 1, he says, the reason is then we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let slip. So we see that the things that were said in verse 1, we ought to give earnest heed to. That is lacking today in a world where everybody is looking for uh, something to fulfill their pleasure or be entertained. We don't give earnest that means diligent heed you notice that word earnest there uh is the same as in the book of jude when he says in verse three beloved when i gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation diligence is the same as earnest that the things which we have heard imagine being the recipient of this letter as we are christians And knowing what was said and knowing what was spread about uh, about Jesus Christ and his work and purging of our sins and and having us being saved in him, think of that. And it says that we ought to give earnest to the things which we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. Don't become lazy in the things of God. Don't become lax in the things of God. Be earnest in your study of the Word of God. Be earnest in the things of the Word of God. Don't let them slip. Don't let them fall to the wayside. Oh, well, I used to read my Bible every day, but now, you know, yeah, I kind of breeze through it. No, go back to reading it every single day. Oh, I used to pray. Uh, I used to get down and pray for for an hour or so. But now, yeah, I just kind of pray when I go to bed. No, get back to earnestly doing those things that you did for God and that you should be doing for God. Give earnest heed to the things that you've heard, which is all of the Bible that God speaks to us. And don't let them slip. He says, for if the word spoken, this is in verse two, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, or was sturdy and strong, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Notice it says in verse 3, how shall we escape, and notice this, catch this, if we neglect so great a salvation? Here we found out in verse 1 all the beautiful things of the Lord Jesus, that God has spoken to us by Him, the Lord Jesus, in the last days. He's purged our sins. He's taken our sins away. He saved us. We have eternal life in Him. That is great. That is the greatest thing that can ever happen to an individual to be saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the greatest thing that can happen to you. Oh, well, I think uh, of me getting married or buying a house. No, that doesn't even pale in comparison to the great salvation we have in the Lord Jesus that cost the Lord Jesus so much. It is a great salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Don't neglect the things of God. Don't neglect the things of your salvation. He says, "...God also bearing witness," this is verse 4, "...both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak? Verse 6, "...but the one in a certain place testifying, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? Thou hast made him," talking about Jesus, "...a little lower than the angels." that crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, that's Jesus. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So God has put... All under Jesus. You remember when he was leaving and ascending back to heaven. He says, all power in heaven on earth is given to me. He has all power in heaven and all power in earth. He says that he crowned him with glory and set him over the works of his hands. He put all things under his feet. Jesus, again, this also goes back to chapter 1 when he said that he has spoken to us in These last days by his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus has all authority and all power over everything. And we remember, if you go back to chapter one's study, you can see that where Jesus is authority over all and we ought to obey him. Verse nine, he says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man beautiful verse notice something here people will say well see right there he says he was made a little lower made a little lower than the angels that does not mean his divinity it means in his body he was made god allowed the body to come through the woman And it was made a little lower than the angels at this time when he was on earth. But never was he diminished in his divinity. Never. Don't ever say that, that he was diminished in his divinity. That is wrong. He says, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, and that he, by the grace of God, should taste death. Notice this. For every man. You see that? For every man. He tasted death, and he took away sins for all of us. Verse 10, he says, For it became him who for whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus was the captain of our salvation, and through his sufferings, through his death on the cross, we are his sons being, being brought into glory. How beautiful. How wonderful. How can anyone reject and turn away from the Lord Jesus? How can anyone do that when he is the all-sufficient Savior for everyone, for everything? He's the all-sufficient Savior, and he's done this, and rightly so. By his sufferings for you, by his sufferings, he is worthy of the honor. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of all majesty. He's worthy of all obedience because he suffered. He did it for you. You didn't do it. You did not suffer for your sins and die for your sins. He did it for you. He was in your place and he deserves everything we give him. He deserves all authority, power, majesty, our obedience, our undying devotion and love. That's what he deserves because of what he did. Verse 11, he says, For both that he sanctifieth, and they who are sanctified are all of one. Now, he that's sanctified, that's Jesus, who sanctifies us. We're all one with him, as he says that we are one. For which cause he, that is Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed to call you brethren. How wonderful is that? Do you know that today, the Lord Jesus in heaven is not afraid, is not ashamed to say that that's one of my children, that's one of my brethren, that's one of those who I have saved and brought to myself. Verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When you come together as a church and you praise and you worship the Lord Jesus Christ, you are giving him glory. You're giving him praise and he inhabits the praises of his people and he in the midst of the church will sing praise unto the Lord Jesus. Verse 13, he says, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. He says in verse 14, For for as much, then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Remember, in this wicked world that's going on right now, when the homosexual and lesbian agenda is being propagated in the world, and especially in the United States, like no time before, when wickedness is abounding and perversions and all manner of sickness and horrible abominations are being committed across the world, remember that Jesus has power over death and of the devil. He has that power over him. The devil is a loser the devil loses and Jesus wins. And if you are with Jesus and if you are standing with Jesus, you are victors. You have the victory in Christ Jesus. You need not be afraid of all that's going on because all of this is happening in the world is just the enemy, just Satan being angry and knowing that his time is very, very short. So what is he doing? He is beginning to ratchet up his evil and his and his schemes and the things that he's doing to cause much evil in the world but we need not be afraid we need to understand that jesus has power over death and the devil he says in verse 15 and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage Notice again, I'll read this again in verse 14 and 15. For so much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them, that's you and I, through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Notice that. Before you were saved, you were afraid to death to die. Now, people will always say, well, I'm not afraid to die. Well, yeah, deep down inside, they do, because no one knows what it's like after death. We know what it's like. We know that we have the security and the salvation in Jesus Christ alone, and he has conquered death for us, so we don't have to taste the sting of death though we may die in our body we go straight to the lord the bible says absent with the body is present with the lord so we know that he has broken death he has destroyed death for us who are believers and he delivers us from that fear of dying and going to hell and not knowing what's going to happen to us we then become victors in the lord jesus no more are we in bondage over this threat of I'm going to die I'm going to die because Jesus has broken all of that and he's freed us from that bondage verse 16 he says for verily he took not on him the nature of angels but he took on him the seed of Abraham that is basically he became flesh that is the that is the the great truths of the scriptures that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and he in that flesh body was able to suffer and feel the things that we feel and go through he was the perfect sacrifice in verse 17 he says wherefore in all things it behooved him that is jesus to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to god to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor, or that word just means help, them that are tempted. So beautiful verses in 17 and 18, that he is a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God. We have the Lord Jesus, who is a faithful God, a faithful Savior, who is able to be merciful He's faithful and merciful in the things pertaining to God. To do what? To make reconciliation, or that is, to bring together for the sins of the people. He's able to reconcile us. He's able to to take our sins, remove them from us, and bring us back to God and make peace with us, with God. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to help, succor, or help them that are tempted. Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus knows what you're tempted in. He knows what kind of trials you're going through. He knows. And it isn't just that. He knows in the sense of where people can say, oh yeah, I know what you're going through. He knows personally what you're going through. You could never go to him and say, well Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through. He does absolutely know what you're going through. He has been through it, and you will go through it too if you remain faithful to the Lord Jesus, if you remain faithful to Him, and keep your eyes on Jesus, especially in these last days in this wicked world when it seems like everything is piling in against us and Christianity is getting such a bad name and being persecuted left and right. It's going to get worse, mind you, it will get worse, but we must keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise Him for being a merciful and faithful high priest. We praise him for purging our sins and helping us when we are tempted. This is such a beautiful thing that we find with the Lord Jesus in this beautiful chapter of chapter 2 of Hebrews. And just another reminder for us to remain faithful and to remain looking unto our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ.